<laughs> Hello and welcome to GKAD. This week we are going to be reviewing Boa. Um, <laughs> oh no, is this another giggle fit episode? What, what was her name again? I'm sorry. Boa. <laughs> We're going to be reviewing Boa's latest album, the first in quite a while. Who's back? Mm-hmm. Boa's back. Boa's back. As is GKAD. So, joining me this episode is. Loki? <laughs> yes, Loki. <laughs> and Zero. No, how come there weren't more zzz before that? Well, because the reason that I was holding the L was because I was going to say somebody else's name, but then I remembered we have code names. <laughs> <laughs> Call him the lovely Loki. Loki with the lovely right. lady lumps. <laughs> I don't like what you did there, sir. <laughs> so, Who's Back is Boa's eighth Japanese album. It's the first in four years. Everything on it is a single except for the first song. <laughs> there are seven <laughs> singles leading into it and quite a few B sides. All of them as... except for the one on Woo Weekend. All of yeah. them! <laughs> <laughs> 14 tracks, a single new one. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass this off to Zero. What did you think of Boa? Did you just fart? No. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> did something just rumble? Well, way to try and call someone out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's better than Identity. Much, much better. Not as good as most of our other albums. But not horrible. The problem is, of course, that it's a compilation album, so the only yeah. new thing the only new thing on here was First Time, and... Which is quite a fantastic song, if was, I say so myself. It was not bad, but being the only new song on there, I don't know, I was kind of hoping for more, you know? Especially because <laughs> it's an intro different, track. something different, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, it had that sort of breakdown climax bit at 2.30, which really kept it from being too, like, repetitive and, and dull. Um, it was pleasant, but it was kind of eh until that point. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good song, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I, as an intro track, I think it serves pretty well. I was just kind of hoping for something a little more, bah, you know? I mean, this is the same woman that fucking did Hurricane Venus. It's like, come on, bring some of that to Japan, please, you know? <laughs> Instead, no, she brings only one to, which isn't a bad song, it's just, you know. The mid-tempo ballady thing is, is I get easily bored by that. Um, overall, the songs on here individually are actually pretty high quality. But they're not, like, what I was kind of hoping for from somebody as, like, legendary as Boa. Like, this is just a solid pop record. This isn't somebody who is amazing, you know? Admittedly, Boa was never really, like, one of my favoritest, favoritest of favorite people, but, like, I know what she's capable of as far as the badassery, and I'm just not getting enough badassery on most of this stuff. There are exceptions, of course. Like, Masayume Chasing? Just, oh my god, I want to fly when I hear that song! It's so fun! (laughs) It makes me so happy! I love that song so much! The Shadow is my favorite kind of of Boa song. That was the B-side to Only One, and it's good. You know that heavy beat... But with like, it kind of makes me want to like 
dance slowly with sharp, hard movements. It's all yeah. dark. It's all dark and groovy and badass. And the chorus has an awesome flow. And I love the bass. I love that track so much. So, like, there's stuff like that on there that makes me go, why isn't this all just this all the time? Why doesn't Boa just do all this all the time? Uh, there is some, like, throwback to old school Boa, which I guess if you're an older fan is awesome. But for me, it kind of meh. Um, because, like, her first two albums to me were just like, oh my god, how many songs start with a wind chimey sound, you know? <laughs> they were kind of exhausting for me personally, but, like, Shout It Out is very, very exactly what I would expect, like, pre Best of Soul Boa to do in 2014, you know? That felt like a natural progression. Like, this is what Boa sounds like now, you know? Um, and I felt the same about uh, Woo Weekend, which is funny because we reviewed that single four years ago. I know. <laughs> I remember, Jaylee, you hated that song. I thought it was cute. I never hated it. Um, I, I liked its sort of retro feel, even back then. And it was funny, it's even more retro now, because it's four fucking years old. <laughs> um, I liked the sort of late 80s, early 90s sound to that. And it charmed the hell out of me. And that also seemed like something Boa from pre Best of Soul era would do in 2010, you know? Um, and then there's... Okay. I want to say something about Milestone. That song is so boring, and sucks Aww. so much until the very, very end. The very, very end, it doesn't end on a tonic. It sounds like she's in the middle of a thought and stops. And I like it because it sounds like really like pensive and thoughtful and doubtful and anxious at the very end. And so I listen to the whole song again and I'm like, this context is different now and it's a little bit better, you know? And it it's not that the song is bad in its soul and in its core because the lyrics and melody are really, really good. But it's got that sort of Diane Warren cookie-cutter ballad arrangement yeah. <laughs> that I just hate. I, I can't... I couldn't get past it, you know, listening to it the first time. And then, then the end happened, and I was just like, I'm going to give this another shot. So I don't hate the song now. I won't skip it anymore. But I, w- I never really elect to listen to it because it's just not my it's style. It's weird. It's weird. It's a, like a weird come down off a weird week, uh, weekend. You it know? is. It doesn't... It is. It's very jarring difference in I, I agree. Tone. It is it was kind of um the the order of tracks on this album was very, very what? You know? Like the intro yeah. track works as an intro track. The last two songs work as the ending tracks, but I'll be honest with you, baby you, I don't even remember what that song sounds like, and I've heard it like four times. Cause it was on the tale of it was on the Tale of Hope single. I didn't remember it then. It's on the album now. Like, I heard Call My Name, and then there was just kind of sound there for a while, and then Tale of Hope came on, and I was like, oh, there was an album happening, <laughs> and I'm back listening again. So, Tale of Hope is a good, hey, hey, wake up, I'm almost done, gotta say bye, gotta go, gotta go, so we'll see you later, okay? You know, Tale of Hope being all awesome at the end there, because it's a really, really nice song. Um, it's sort of the um, contrail of this album. You know, at the end of Feel, Nami Ahead Contrail, yeah, Tale of Hope, totally. same genre of song, same sort of closer. Good. Definitely another a good move putting it. Another type of tale. Yeah. <laughs> another type of tale. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. That's so awesome. How am I a linguist and I didn't catch that? I really need to not drink so fast. You're a fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I do want to say, close to me, she can pull off those Lilith Fair-esque 90s pop rock ballads way better than I think she realizes. And it would be nice to see her do more of that stuff because there's a certain sort of tone to her voice that just works with that kind of song. And I wish she would do those more often because they sound great. She she sounds fantastic doing those. So Yeah, I mean, when you, when you grow to miss Boa and she kind of comes back with this, it's just like, it's, it just, 
I miss the sassiness that she had with like An and stuff like yeah. that. She she just didn't, uh, you know. Even back in the day, she was kind of, you know, not experimental, but kind of edgy, I guess, with her J-pop. And it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek is... and a bit of a wink to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't cutesy. And I mean, this is, I think, this album is extremely radio-friendly. Um, oh yeah. No songs really like offensive or anything like that. Like even just, you know, give me some good old American filth, <laughs> just dirt to the J-pop. I feel like, you know. With her doing all her American stuff, she would kind of pick up some of that edge instead of losing it. And, no, I, and you know? what's funny is that, like, if you look at the songwriters on this, which was what prompted my tweet the other day, um, it's pretty much all Western songwriters. It's all European songwriters. Really? on here. Yeah! That's the thing. It's like she tried to find stuff that sounded, like, inoffensive to the Japanese sensibility or something, but by Americans. I think J- Japan is just starting to get really, really insecure about its songwriting talent over there. Um, but like the shadow, the shadow, for example, has I, I think it's the shadow. Somebody, one of the songs like that has like Yuta Nakano as one of the contributing songwriters to it. So my guess is like they they bought the rights to this European written song, and Yuta Nakano kind of you know fixed a part in the chorus or something like that, changed a bit of the melody. <clears throat> That's surprising and kind of disappointing too. I wish they would have put more of their foreign flavor in it. Well, if if you're gonna have the Western style stuff, then do that. But I'll be honest with you, I would just like to hear more Japanese composers doing the edgier stuff. Because a lot of the stuff that was good that Boa was doing before was done by Japanese composers and producers. And they're perfectly capable of it, but it's like lately they've been really scared of doing that. Like, they think they can't do it as well as the West. I'm like, yes, you can! You just, you're not trying! I have heard you do that well before! You're not trying! Just try, you can do it! (laughs) Japanese composers, you are better at this than you think you are! Stop pussying out on me! God, we have faith in you. Jeez. We do seriously, <laughs> and the the production is a problem too. Sorry, as far as the as far as the the actual album, I mean, I really just agree with zero, pretty much bottom to top. I mean, first time for me is the best track on the album. Um, Masayumi chasing also fun, but uh, the other songs were just you know average. That I kind of you know have Boa built up in my head a little bit. I was expecting a little more, a little more. You know, something to say, you know, I remember when Boa was good back in the day and she's still good now. And uh, I just didn't feel it. It was just kind of mad with, uh, you know, with, you know, thankfully highlights spread beginning, middle and towards the end. Yeah. Now, this is the closest thing to a Love and Honesty part two that she's been able to give me since Love and Honesty. This is the closest thing to, to recapturing that magic that she's done, at least in her Japanese discography since then. But it's still... It's just not quite there. And it, it one of the problems is that it kind of feels like it's holding back. It feels like it's like she's too worried about, you know, being acceptable after a four year absence as opposed yeah. to actually trying something cool and, and badass where like honestly, like it, Hurricane Venus in Korea, which came out just after identity, was so fucking awesome. And it's like why bring that here please bring that to japan because it's awesome and they would like it clearly you know i mean i don't i i just can't no figure out the rationale anymore i will say i i think that this is boa's best album since outgrow i think it's Mm. very consistent it's quality throughout but it does have that kind of holding back it's very polished it's it's very it's very obvious that her Korean label is kind of getting into her Avex work and it's trying to make it very 
K-pop to J-pop-y, where, you know, when K-pop artists go to Japan, first they do, like, remakes of their Korean songs, but then they do these really cookie-cutter J-pop songs that J-pop are, like... songs, yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. It's so obvious, too. It is what? really irritating so watching... obvious, the, uh, Looking at the difference in videos between the two countries, too. It's like, in Japan, girl groups are not allowed to be cool. Ever. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to be in maid outfits all the time. All pink. All pillows. No badassery is allowed. Uh, nothing wrong with that, mind you. I don't want to give that feeling out there. I well, I think there is something wrong with it just because those <laughs> girls all look the same. It's like, why should I listen to this group over that group? They're giving me no reasons to do that. Where Korea does. I do love a lot of these songs. And, I, and I've been listening to this album consistently because it's just a really good, solid, pleasant album. But it does feel like some of these songs were put in, like, the rock tumbler a little too long, and now they don't have any kind of distinguishing characteristics. That They're is all just kind of nice, uniform Amazing rocks. way to put it. That is exactly <laughs> the right way to put it. They're rock tumbler songs. Yes, they're shiny, and they're pretty, and they're solid, but... Pop tumbler. <sighs> yeah, there you yeah. go, pop tumbler. That's what it is. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> that's what it is. That's... Yes. They've, they've all... And that's the problem, is that they've all rubbed up against each other too long. Pop songs have all rubbed up against each other too long and they all sound the same. Get off our lawn. I know. Oh my god. I sound like an old person. I'm 30, by the way, in case anybody didn't realize that. And I'm not. <laughs> and this will be Jay Lee's final show. <laughs> but no, it, it was one of those things where, you know, Boa was the first, like, that I can think of the first big Korean artist to make it. No, she actually, Japan. like, legit was, where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's a K-pop singer, and now she's crossing over. Yeah, yeah, she was the first. Toho Shinki was, like, the next big group to make it, but the the way that they found success was that they were pre- basically, they were a Japanese boy band. They just happened to be... From Korea, yeah. From Korea, yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of like, you know, you see it with, you know, Chinese stuff in Japan. If it's not a... a you know, remake of a song. It's very pop. It's very kind of like mm-hmm. Arashi meets One Direction. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it it, it, it all starts to feel very pop tumbler, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Identity is the exact opposite. <laughs> Those songs needed so much more polish for the most part. I know. Um, but they also had so much personality in and of themselves. There is a really, really big problem with J-pop in general over the last, like, five, six years where they had the personality, but they started to lose that polish and everything started to sound dated because the production wasn't up to par. And everybody didn't like that, and understandably so. So what they did is they just like threw away the personality, figuring it's like they thought that the personality and the soul were what everybody was having the problem with, when it was really the production and the polish that wasn't there yet. And it's like they feel like they need to trade off you know, oh, either it's, it's you know, got that sassiness, that soul, that spirit, that, you know, personal sort of sound to it, that genuine Japanese-ness, or it's a solid pop record with good production. What you need is the Japanese songwriting, the Japanese sensibilities, and that sort of sense of nostalgia that Japanese pop always used to have, but with modern Western production tactics. Which is, in my opinion, where J-pop was between about 2000 and 2003, and that was the best J-pop ever sounded was because it was mixing those two things together so well. And this is like, they've, they've thrown away the the personality for the sake of polish, and you've given me something that's okay, background sound, but not a rewarding listen, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm actually kind of shocked to hear that so many of these, that so many of the songwriters on this are European. 
because it sounds so Japanese, you know. But it sounds, but you know, it's very much like people doing an impression. Maybe not. Like it's good, but it doesn't. Uh, I'm, I've lost my thought. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's um, um. There's a sort of. I know where you're going with it, though. I there's feel. a sort of delicacy and subtlety to a lot of it that feels Japanese. So you can tell they were listening to these European compositions and thinking, what would Japanese people like? Um, and that's what they were looking for was that quality. Um, but it's still, you know, not quite Japanese feeling. And it's kind of weird because I never would have thought that, you know, Japanese feeling would have been such a big deal for me until recently <laughs> when Japanese music stopped feeling Japanese. It's like showing your age. Yeah. And then what's upsetting is that the stuff that does feel Japanese because it doesn't have the good production that I want. It's still, it's not good either. <laughs> it's like, God fucking damn it. You just can't, be, it's too hard to please. I am too hard to please, but apparently I was easy to please for about three years there when everybody <laughs> involved in this stuff was Japanese, but, you know, doing a Western style, that would be mm-hmm. better for me. But that's why I think it's a insecurity. That's why I think, having read some of the reviews and, and articles that I've read from the point of view of Japanese people talking about music over the last couple of years... I mean, when you're looking at a list of the best Japanese vocalists, and the Japanese commentators are saying, for a Japanese person, this person has good rhythm, it's just like, what are you talking about? But for me, Boa's always been more of a Japanese artist than she was a Korean artist, because there was that chunk of time when she was so much more popular in Japan than she was in Korea. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I get the feeling like a lot of her later popularity in Korea is based on the fact that she did so well in Japan, and at the time, Japan ran the freaking music industry in all of Asia, so... Nice going, Japan, by the way. Good job <laughs> keeping up with the times and make sure you hold on to that position forever. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on Boa. Boa's new compilation <laughs> album. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow us all on Twitter. We're kind of active. I am GKJ Lee, J A Y L E E. He is GK Loki, L O K I. She is GK Zero, Z E R Zero. And the lovely Miss Erin, who couldn't join us today because she was having technical difficulties, is GK E R 1 N. And the show itself is jpopjrock underscore do we ever even tweet as the show anymore <laughs> we don't have any episodes to oh. tweet about <laughs> yeah <good point. laughs> low key just the countdown I can do it wait no you have right. to say and that does it for another episode of GKAD until next time oh yeah yeah oh, you do yeah. that part come on you ass <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for this episode <laughs> of GK <laughs> Let me look at my note card. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Slight pause. Okay. And uh, (laughs) until next time, I'm Loki. I am Jay Lee. (laughs) And you can call me Zero. Johnny. Johnny.